Hi, I'm Madhvi Romani. And I'm Rena Grobe. And this is Misinformed, the podcast for lazy but smart people. Every week we'll be discussing a new topic or trend so you can stay informed the easy way. So Rena, what are we talking about this week? Last Friday, we went to go see Patti Smith. I believe we also mentioned this in last week's episode. In the middle of the performance, she said something along the lines of, this song is dedicated to Jack Sparrow, whose birthday it was June 9th. And we both looked at each other confused, or I was really confused because I was like, surely she can't mean Johnny Depp. One, because it seems absurd to me that she's friends with Johnny Depp. And two, why would Patti Smith be referencing a Disney thing? That seems ridiculous. So my first thought was Jack Sparrow must be a real person. Turns out he's not. And Patti Smith was indeed saying happy birthday and dedicating a song to Johnny Depp because it would appear they are friends. And I was so disappointed. The end. Yes. I don't even know how to articulate it, really, because I have the tendency to, if someone I admire or look up to says something I disagree with, or something, I don't want to say bad, because that sounds really naive, something bad, but something negative, or something hurtful, or something offensive, I immediately lose all faith in them. I can't excuse that they've said something offensive, Whereas this is not true for people in my real life, or I know personally. So I'm like, why is this? Why do we hold our heroes or people we admire to a higher standard? Because we think they're better than everyone else? I don't know. I just wanted to have a discussion with you about this. Interesting. What was your immediate gut reaction when you heard Patty say this? Yes, it jarred with my image of her for sure. Yeah. Because I had projected, obviously, when we perceive another person we're projecting what we think they are and I had perceived her in one way and then things just got more complicated and now she's a less perfect version of my projected view of her than she was before. I'm not so disappointed because I'm the kind of person who just has low expectations of people in general and I do believe that everyone's gonna disappoint you eventually this also might be a phenomenon of being older because you just get disappointed a lot more i was reading this article i think about margaret atwood and bernadine everistos won the booker together but i think they did this kind of joint interview and i think it was margaret atwood who said like the first time you know your heart gets broken you're like a mess and you know you feel it so hard and the second time you can cope with it a bit better and then the third time you cope with it a little bit better and you're like oh I've been through this before I can do it again and then by the like 27th time you're like wait who were you even (laughs) and a week later you've just forgotten about the entire thing and moved on so I think it's a fact of life it's just this idea that like things change all the time Mm -hmm. and change is really great but it's also like death in a way Because old ideas die and new ideas come up. And so like all those statues that are getting torn down, for example, they were heroes at one point. But now in today's values, today's society, they're not so that there's the death of those statues and those values and then new things come up. And people are like, no, we must keep things the same because it's super destabilizing. You know, when somebody breaks your heart as well, it's super destabilizing, causes a lot of chaos when that happens. However, it needs to happen otherwise... There is no, like, new life and renewal and stuff, new ideas and things like that. People are so resistant to the idea that statues should be taken down 
or this idea of like fallen heroes or heroes disappointing you because it's just like it's almost like a symbol of death it does symbolize that something has changed and those things no longer apply and that gives space after chaos for new ideas and thoughts to move in but it is disappointing yeah i found it particularly disappointing because one this was very much a feminist issue i was like very disappointed in her for given the fact that it was at the time when the verdict of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial was being announced. Listen to last week's episode if you want the full rundown on that. Yeah, she inadvertently took Johnny Depp's side. Did she inadvertently? Yes, I think so. Because I don't think she in see, I you think, think she, she Yes. She was very aware? Yes. I think that makes it worse. Yes. But Gosh. it's amazing that you would give her the benefit of the doubt in this. Like this is one of the biggest court cases in the US. It was broadcast. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was watching it. Everyone was commenting on it. For her to make a comment on it and him, she was absolutely taking his side. I'm sorry, I've just destroyed her more for you. I'm just in denial about the fact that someone I admire and hold to such high standards could disappoint me in such a way. She was totally taking a side. She could have just not commented or not sung that song or not said happy birthday on stage. She was saying, this is my view on it. Patty, why did you do this? Well, because she's human. No. I think that's where the problem is. <laughs> What's really disappointing about it is someone who like really likes Patty Smith, who's read everything she's written, who follows her on social media and stuff, she always seems to take a political stance, and I always agree with her political stance. This is like when I found out that Noam Chomsky has a wife who is like 50 years younger than him. Yeah, because now he's moved from the territory of sage, wise man into, oh yeah, just another dude. Full of shit. Who, like, yeah, who in the end is, I mean, this is totally judgmental too, because we're also projecting our view on this age gap right? You know, who's who doesn't want an equal partner, but just wants more of a sexual partner and just isn't a, doesn't really value women. Uh, but that's also a projection because it could be, I mean, I'm sure it probably is maybe true love and, and they both bring each other something. And that could also be the, the Why case. are you giving Noam Chomsky the benefit of the doubt? Here? I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying either thing could be true. Like we don't know. We know men are trash. Yeah, I was to be fair, I was really like Stephen Hawkins. He basically left his wife for his nurse carer person. And it's just like, oh yeah, all men just want to be looked after by a woman and don't want an equal sort of partner and stuff like that as well. But that's what I'm saying. Men will disappoint you over and over again. And by the time you're my age, you're like, oh yeah, men things. That is such a terrible thing to say on this podcast, right? Because it's totally gender stereotypes that's true but we're also not perfect but i think there's something also maybe liberating about like if our heroes aren't perfect we also don't have to be perfect i love that lizzo this week she apologized and changed her lyrics for something that she said in her lyrics which was ableist lizzo actually used the word spaz in her song girls a lot of people criticised her for this ableist language. And somebody tweeted back to her, Hey Lizzo, my disability, cerebral palsy, is literally classified as spastic diplegia, where spasticity refers to unending painful tightness in my legs. Your new song makes me pretty angry and sad. Spaz doesn't mean freaked out or crazy. It's an ableist slur. 
is 2022 do better? And in less than 24 hours, like she re replaced that line with hold me back. And it was a really small change. And it kind of shows that she gives a shit about the disability community and listens to her feedback. And she said in her statement, let me make one thing clear. I never want to promote derogatory language. As a fat black woman in America, I've had many hurtful words used against me. So I understand the power words can have, whether intentionally or in my case, unintentionally. I'm proud to say that there's a new version of girls with a lyric change. And so she was listening and taking action and she said, I'm dedicated to being part of the change I've been waiting to see in the world. I can think a lot of celebrities who are basically today's heroes don't do that. You had Cardi B use the R word, which is also ableist. And she just refused flat out to apologize to the disabled community. And I think she was really offended that like, oh, everyone else is really offensive. And I get called out for calling myself this word. She also cast non-autistic character in her film music to play an autistic character. And she also just like said, look, that's my decision and it stands. And I think, yeah, we project so much admiration onto all of these people a lot of the time. Also like JK Rowling, like she's so revered and famous and rich and admired and praised that a lot of these people, once they're in this position, they also can't let it go or admit that they're wrong because it becomes part of their image as well maybe and so I, I just think it's really cool that Lizzo was like oh yeah you know I messed up and here you go I also think that Lizzo is potentially held to a higher standard in our society than like JK Rowling or Sia I think we do that because we expect more I think because Lizzo for example is not just obviously she's just a human being who's just like I make music and I do my thing and that's that but she's also spoken out against a discrimination, which means, therefore, we're like, okay, that's part of her identity, mm -hmm. a bit like Patti Smith, right? And therefore, that should apply to other things. Whereas somebody who's just simply racist, homophobic, sexist, all of that kind of stuff, we don't hold them to that standard because that's not part of their image. And they're also not a hero I guess they're just there to just make whatever music and money they want I don't mm. know they're not putting themselves into this role whereas Lizzo clearly does and then she clearly also said hey this is also what I'm doing besides just the music and I get it and therefore I make the change yeah I really admire that about Lizzo I totally agree with what you said like she is you know like being outspoken about oppression is part of her I don't want to say identity because I don't want to project things onto Lizzo again. But brand. Her brand, yeah. It's part of her brand. It works twofold, doesn't it? Because people expect more from her because she has made being aware of these things part of her brand. And it's, I think it is part of her identity because she is a fat black woman in America. Like, she can't not be aware of these things. Then on the other hand, I feel like the backlash against other people who have said super offensive things have been less and even when they haven't reacted that way well actually i don't think so because i think a lot think? of the criticism were from people like you and patty smith for example from her audience mm. who are disabled themselves from the disabled community who really like her and they resonate with her because she has a more inclusive vibe so her own audience is speaking back to her maybe i don't know people like Melania Trump don't have such a big feminist 
following just because that's not the type of people she attracts. And the criticism Lizzo got was not from people, white men, trying to bring her down. It was from her own audience. It was from the disabled community, and she listened, and that's kind of cool. Tom Hanks has been a lot in the news this week or in, like, the cultural thing. I read something very fascinating, a statement from Tom Hanks. I don't know if he said it this week or recently. He was talking about the movie Philadelphia that he was in, and he was addressing the fact that he thinks that we are now in a day and age when straight actors should not be playing gay characters anymore. And he was talking about the reason why he played this character was because... It was a time when seeing gay characters on TV or in movies was unusual and they were kind of vilified specifically when it came to AIDS and HIV. And so him playing this character was like them being like, oh, that's not, that's Tom Hanks. That's someone we know. Like it normalized them and they could connect with him. They were like, oh, that's someone. Yeah, I think that's, I think the context of things is actually super interesting because i think we're also at the point now where we've moved beyond that like introductory stage of just introducing gay characters to the screen you know to actually having gay actors play gay characters and stuff like that i thought that was an interesting way of looking at it and then my first thought was like is tom hanks just making excuses for the fact that he played a gay character in the 90s or do we believe it i mean i think we believe tom hanks <laughs> who wouldn't believe tom hanks I think this goes back to the thing of these are all human beings making whatever decisions they're making in the moment. I think there's something weird about the fact that a bit like what you were saying with Lizzo, like we're being so earnest and and sincere in like trying to hold everyone up to really high standards all the time and it's just not going to happen because they're human. And I think Lizzo, Tom Hanks, everyone else should be also afforded their humanity and and we should be able to see them as humans and also embrace the changes that come in their viewpoints and their values maybe this is why we should only have dead heroes because they've they said everything they've had to say they can't say anything new and shock us and make us lose faith in them we'll never meet them they can never do something disappointing they're dead but they've all done disappointing things yes but maybe we won't find out like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe Julius Caesar said something super disappointing, but we'll never find out what he said to a small group of people. Julius Caesar I don't know. I panicked. I went with the first person that He's popped in my worst. head. He's the worst! How is Julius Caesar? It's the first, like, n- historical name that popped into my head. Okay, who's a different historical figure? We'll never know what Charles Dickens said. Well, we will. He's a writer. Everything he... he yeah, he so Charles down. Dickens, typical example, like, he wrote a lot of great things... He gave a lot of money to uh, sex workers, um, women who had kind of lost their way, but within it, without much of a moralistic judgment on them and things like that. He was critical of the structures of his day and in society and things like this. And he was a good observer of the times and a good writer and a funny guy all round. And then (laughs) again, he did meet somebody who was like, I don't know, 20 years younger than him and then he vilified his wife and stuff like that yeah he was just human right or he was just a man and i think this life i guess the way forward is just to recognize that everyone we admire everyone we look up to is human and makes mistakes and like even if has the ability to learn and to grow i haven't been able to listen to patty smith all week 
Uh, it makes me really sad because I love her music. I think it also gives us permission to make mistakes and be human and be corrected and be able to be corrected ourselves if we don't sort of see other people as really, really perfect as well, if you know what I mean. So it could be a good thing. This kind of reminds me of, do you remember when you realized that your parents just are human? Yeah. <laughs> Did not know everything and were not always behaving completely correctly. I remember the first time I realized that my dad was mortal. That sounds really serious. and But I just, you know, when, when you're young, you don't really think about your parents dying. And then I remember one time my dad was talking about, I must have been like 11 or 12. And my mom and my dad were having a conversation about like heart attacks or the risk of heart attacks or something. And I remember having this moment being like, oh my God, my dad could have a heart attack. How old were you? 12. Oh, that's quite late. Yeah. But I've never thought about my parents not existing or my parents not being perfect. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, maybe mm. not perfect, but, like... I think it's also, like, the idea that still, like, that we've been struggling with for probably since adolescence, that, like, adults don't always have the answers to everything. And I think, I guess, when we're adolescents, we hook on to pop stars and singers and celebrities as our kind of idols when our parents and other figures uh, in our lives are losing their authority in our lives and then we kind of transfer it all onto like these people and hang those posters and we're like okay they've got their shit sorted I want to be like them but then we get disappointed all over again when those people are like oh they don't always do everything right either I remember the moment when I was like oh nobody knows the answers to this stuff when I was I think I was very young and we went to Every year to celebrate Krishna's birthday, there's a big celebration if you're a Hindu. And we went to the Hare Krishna temple. Hare Krishnas are a cult, but George Harrison, the former Beatle, gave his entire mansion over to the Hare Krishnas in Watford, near where I grew up in London. So we used to go there and they, they've got ni nice vibes. They've got good food. They've got good entertainment. They do everything really well. It's in this like these big fields and this big mansion is the temple and everything. So, I mean, we just used to go there, even though technically Hare Krishna's is kind of like a cult offshoot of Hinduism. They just threw the best party, basically. And, <laughs> and there was this tent and there was a sort of one of these Hindu monks in it. When I say Hindu monks, obviously fully a white guy in, a, <laughs> in the Hare Krishna, <laughs> in the robes. But I don't know, my parents took me there. And then there was like, ask me anything. It was really like, a ask me anything, ask the monk anything. And like the things that were bugging me at this point was like, okay, but like, the creation of the universe, how did, like, how did everything get created? It was just stuck on this point, right? And so my mom was like, okay, go bother someone with your questions. So I went in there, I was like, so how did things get created? And he was like, well, you know, God created everything. To say that, like, the Big Bang, you know, created everything doesn't make any sense because, you know, say you took all of the stuff in your bedroom and your wardrobe and your clothes and you threw a stick of dynamite in there, would it create something like this? And I was like, yeah, no, but that's not my problem. My problem is what created God? Like you, you have this problem with the Big Bang too. Like, yeah, but what was there before? Where did this thing come from? Where did it like, that was just, it was bothering me. And I was like, oh, he doesn't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. 
But until that point, I was like, but surely somewhere, someone somewhere should have an answer. Yeah, that guy in the tent. But no. No, he doesn't know. No, it's disappointing. It is very disappointing. And let me tell you, Rena, the disappointment never stops. So if you take away anything from this podcast episode, it's disappointment never stops. On that note, here are three things you can do this week to be a better person. Number one, obviously, remember to keep your expectations low, because in the end, everyone will disappoint you. And that way you'll never be disappointed. I'd say thing two, even though I'm struggling with this myself, always remember the people you look up to and admire are human. Don't rob them of their humanity. And I mean, hold them accountable, but allow them to make mistakes. And number three, if somebody calls you out or you make a mistake and you realize it, just do what Lizzo did and be like, all right, apologies, and change it. Thing four, Hare Krishna throw the best parties, even though they're a cult. Thank you for listening. Until next week, goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also help us by supporting us on Patreon for as little as four euro a month. Visit patreon.com slash misinformed. For links to all our sources and for our personal tips on what to watch and read, subscribe to our weekly newsletter at misinformed.substack.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed or email us your feedback, requests, or just to say hi misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.